Hi, and welcome to the Love Monday podcast. I'm glad you could join me today. If you haven't subscribed to this, I hope you'll subscribe to it because then you'll get it every Monday morning. Today, I want to talk about the J curve. Have you ever heard about the J curve concept? It's a change management concept. And the J, J curve concept in change management refers to the temporary dip in performance or morale that often occurs after a change has been implemented before eventually rebounding to like the higher levels of, the, of, of morale and performance that we had before the change. The dip in the performance is represented by the downstroke of the letter J, while the rebound is represented by the upstroke. We have this temporary dip in performance, which when we kind of step onto this J curve, where the downward stroke is where it feels like, oh, things aren't going well. And then we get to the bottom and then we start to go up because we start to have performance and morale increases. The J curve model was originally developed in the field of economics in the early 1970s as a way of explaining short-term effects of exchange rate changes in a country's trade balance. The model was later adapted by organizational theorists to explain the short-term effects of organizational change, and that's how we kind of know it now. In the context of organizational change, the J-curve model suggests that after a change has been implemented, there may be a temporary decline in performance or morale as employees adjust to the new way of doing things. This dip is also often referred to as the valley of despair. However, if the change is managed effectively, performance and morale will eventually rebound, that's the way it goes with the J-curve, to higher levels than before the change. So we, we go through this push of resistance, and we, when we break on through to the other side, and employees are familiar with the change and everything that's happened, then we have greater levels of performance, and sometimes those are exponentially increasing. So it's, it's worth going through the J-curve. So why do I want to talk about the J-curve today? Because I want you to, if you don't love Monday just like Friday, I want you to stop half-assing your transformation. And this is what we do. Don't half-ass your transformation if you want to love Monday just like Friday, but for a different reason. So let's talk about this valley of despair in the, in the J-curve. What are we talking about? Well, when we're making a change, we go into this valley of despair in the J-curve where we say things like, what the heck was I thinking? I can't do this. I'll never be successful. I'm no good. You hear things like, what if they say I'm no good? What if they say, get out, get out of here, kid. You got no future. I just don't think I can take that kind of rejection. Who said that? You know it, if you follow me. Marty McFly in the movie Back to the Future. That is called the Marty McFly mistake, and it's from the book A Passion for Monday by Ryan Hammond. It's a great book by a really, 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 really brilliant mind, you should check it out. <laughs> I crack myself up. I'm joking, sort of. Anyway, the Marty McFly mistake is fixating on your weaknesses. So again, just to recap that, if you're, if you're new to this, then the, in the movie Back to the Future, the original one, he's walking along, Marty's walking along with his girlfriend, Jennifer, and she says, Marty, you gotta send your demo tape into the record company. And he says, what if they don't like it? What if they say I'm no good? What if they say get out of here, kids? You got no future. 
And he says, I just don't think I can take that kind of rejection. Marty is unwilling to step onto the J-curve. <clears throat> but it's, you know, it's not just the Marty McFly mistake where the J-curve phenom phenomenon manifests itself. In fact, it's, it's not in any of the four mistakes that make people hate Monday where the J-curve appears. The J-curve hits after, after you commit to not making those mistakes anymore. So if you're making one or more of those four mistakes that make people hate Monday, and I've got an earlier podcast that goes through all of those, if you're making any of those four, once you commit to not making those four mistakes that make people hate Monday, then you step onto the J-curve. The positive impact of the J-curve comes after that commitment and fully manifests its J-word shape if you keep your commitment to yourself. If you commit to transforming yourself, but then half-ass it, you won't ever realize the power of the J-curve, where you really start to have phenomenal success. Recently, I've been reaching out to people, to, to people I've coached and companies I've consulted, because I've coached um, individuals and I've also consulted companies. And within those companies, I've coached individuals and managers and senior leaders, CEOs and COOs and CMOs and CHROs. I've, I've coached people at all levels of organizations and I've recently been reaching out to them because I've, I've wanted recommendations. That's something I've just never gathered. I just have, I've been doing this and I've been passionate about it and I've just been thinking, well, it'll, it'll take hold. It, you know, I don't really, I don't really need recommendations. I'm just doing this work because I love it and I want to do it. But you know what? The reality is, people want recommendations. And so I'm taking the advice of somebody who's coaching me. Sometimes a coach needs a coach to go out and get those recommendations. So I've been, I've been actively trying to get these. Um, and because I want to no longer, I want to step onto the J curve with the love Monday whole process, the whole love Monday brand. I want to step onto that J curve and I know I'll head into the Valley of Despair. In fact, I've I'm probably been in it for a while, but now I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see the manifestation of that upward stroke on the J curve. So I've just relaunched lovemondaylikefriday.com with a low cost subscription option. I'll talk about that. I'm going to talk about that later. I'm going to give you a commercial message because I don't have commercials on this, but you're going to get one from me. Because I'm relaunching, I want, I want some testimonials out there. So that's why I've been reaching out to people. And because I've coached hundreds of people, many of them now love Monday just like Friday, but for a different reason. And that reason is, uh, for a different reason than they love Friday, I mean. And that reason is they love what they do. And as I've been reaching out, I've discovered that the stories of those I've coached didn't end when they moved on from my coaching. You know, sometimes some people get, to a place where they love Monday just like Friday, they move on from me. They feel like, I got this. I can move on now. I'm just going to keep this going. I'll, I, I got it. And I get that. I get that they might want to do that. There's like, okay, you've given me what I need to really, to really push through this and not half-ass it. And some do and some don't. But as I've reached out for some of these testimonials, I've been able to get a little bit more information. So those, those who stick with me in coaching have, have, I think, by and large, had more dramatic turnarounds. But not always. A lot of people just get, get what they need from me, and they're totally self-motivated, and they do great. But from those that move on, what I've been missing is what I call the rest of the story. 
in all of those cases where I've reached out and ended up, they've ended up telling me some part of their story that I didn't get to hear because they moved on. And one of these stories goes like this. She said, here's what you did for me. I was at the end of my rope. I hated my job. I wanted to get out of, out of it so bad. I was applying for every, for a, a particular role in every company I could find. And I wasn't having any success in doing it. She said, you told me to narrow my focus to only companies that I would love to work for. Anything else would be wasting my time because I'm likely to end up in another bad situation. You told me to narrow my target to no more than five companies that I would absolutely love to work for. I didn't want to do that because that would limit the possibilities because the role I was seeking, I didn't have that many options in any single organization. They didn't have that many of that role I was looking for. So to narrow my search to only five companies really in my estimation was going to limit my possibilities. She said, I've been searching for a new job for a year with very few interviews and a whole lot of canned rejections. I found one job that I didn't think I'd be qualified for. You had already told me I was overqualified for the, the other role I'd been seeking, but I was reluctant to believe you. I went all in and I applied for this role that isn't low level at all. In fact, my boss reports directly to the CEO of this international company. I got the job and it's like a dream. And you know what else? It didn't take her long to get that job once she decided not to half-ass it. I spoke to her on January 19th of this year and she's been in that role in this dream job for a month already. And we're in the beginning of April. It took about five weeks for her to land that dream job once she decided to go all in and stop half-assing her transformation. Was it scary? Absolutely. She had to abandon the scattergun approach to her job search and, and narrow her focus to those five companies. But narrowing her focus actually opened up a much better opportunity. The downstroke of her J-curve was narrowing her search to no more than those five target companies that she would love to work for. Then she stuck with it even when it seemed a bad idea. Five weeks later, she's working one layer from the CEO in the company she's dreamed of working for since she was in high school. And there you have it. You can't half-ass your transformation. You got to go all in and you got to do the right things. You know, I used to coach people for free, but I don't do it anymore. And, I, and you can get one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. You can get that on lovemondaylikefriday.com. I'm actually going to talk more about that today, a little bit later. But I used to coach people for free, and I just don't do that anymore. I don't even coach them for cheap anymore. Because what I found was when I coach people for free, they don't value it. And when they don't value it, they don't see it through. And that's not, that's not a shame for me. It's for, um, it's for them. It's a shame for them that they don't. I equate it to this. It's like if you have a gym membership that costs you nine bucks a month. That's great in May when you're all motivated and heading into bikini season. You're all motivated to go to that gym every day for nine bucks. But in January, when it's baggy sweater and cargo pants season, it's pretty easy to say, yeah, I'm not going to the gym today. In fact, if I don't go all this month, I'm only out nine bucks. That's what I'm talking about. However, if you're paying $200 for a state-of-the-art gym, 200 bucks a month or more, and then paying a personal trainer and a nutritionist and other, making other healthy and sometimes costly choices for your health and your, and your commitment to yourself, 
That's the stuff that will get you out of bed in January. That stuff will get you out of bed, not nine, a $9 a month gym membership. That's not going to do it for you. My point, when I coach people for free and I start asking them to do hard things, it's easy to give up on themselves and to jump off the J curve and back into the, onto the crap curve that's actually not even a curve. It's a plateau. And at the end of that plateau is a cliff at the bottom of which are just a bunch of jagged rocks of unfulfillment and wasted career. You don't want to do that. Yikes. Anyway, I don't coach for free. I don't need your money, but you do need to commit to yourself and not half-ass your transformation any longer. I know someone, a friend of mine, who complains about her job and her employer all the time. And because she's a friend, I, I've tried to give her advice and help, but she doesn't really take any of that advice that I try to give. So eventually I just have kind of stopped giving it and I just listen to her complaints because I'm a friend and I want, I want to give her that opportunity. But I finally got to the point where all I can offer are like facial expressions of understanding because I've said it all and she doesn't take any of it to heart. Not that I have all the answers, but I don't really know where she's headed. But one day she very astutely said to me, you know, until I shut up and do something about this, nothing's ever going to change. And she's right. And you know what else? It still hasn't changed. She's still complaining about that job and her employer, and nothing's changed because she hasn't done anything about it. She's half-assing her transformation. She hasn't even stepped onto the J-curve. She's unwilling to step onto the J-curve no telling how far she is from the edge of her plateau of despair and the jagged rocks of an unfulfilled career, but it's coming. Make no mistake, it's coming. It might come at the end of her career when she looks back and says, I could have done better. Nothing catalyzes change like rock bottom. And sometimes rock bottom are the jagged rocks of an unfulfilled career. How long are you going to put up with that if, that's, if that describes you? If you hate Mondays and you're holding back on doing anything about it, not only are you making one or more of the four mistakes that make people hate Monday, you're also making one or more of the five mistakes that make people half-ass their transformation from hating Monday to loving Monday just like Friday. So the five mistakes, this is new, this is new material. The five mistakes that make people half-ass their transformation are these. The J.K. Rowling mistake, fear of failure. The Leonardo da Vinci mistake, procrastination. The Michael Jordan mistake number two, staying in your comfort zone. Number four is the Adele mistake, the mistake of self-doubt. And number five is the Robert Downey Jr. mistake, self-sabotage. So jumping back to mistake number three in this set, the Michael Jordan mistake number two. If you follow me and you listen to my stuff or read my stuff or read the book A Passion for Monday, you know that... Of the four mistakes that make people hate Monday, mistake number one is the Michael Jordan mistake, trying to be good at everything. Well, in this set of mistakes, we have the Michael Jordan mistake number two, staying in your comfort zone. I bet you didn't think somebody who's the greatest, probably the greatest basketball player of all times made so many mistakes. But anyway, we're going we're gonna to go into the details. Okay, from the top, the J.K. Rowling mistake, fear of failure. According to interviews with J.K. Rowling, she experienced a period of, of intense self-doubt and fear of failure while writing the first Harry Potter book, to the point where she considered giving up on the project altogether. And then in a 2008 interview with Oprah Winfrey, 
Rowling discussed her struggles with depression and self-doubt during this period. She said, I'd, I'd failed on such a grand scale that it made me really take a step back and look at what I had been doing. She further said, I had to confront the fact that I had completely messed up my life. Rowling since then has spoken publicly about rejection letters she received from publishers before the first Harry Potter book was, was accepted for publication. She described them as heartbreaking, but she persisted and she, we know the history now. She stayed on, she stepped onto the J curve. She went through the Valley of Despair and wrote it out. And we know she's one of the richest authors ever, the most successful and so that's the, the first mistake, the fear of failure. And what are you going to do with that? Are you going to do what she did or are you just going to fear failure? Mistake number two, the Leonardo da Vinci mistake, which is procrastination. Now, according to historical rec records and accounts of his life, da Vinci was notorious for procrastinating and leaving projects unfinished. So, for example, he took over 16 years to complete his painting of The Last Supper. He spent several years working on the preparatory sketches and studying the facial expressions of the models, but then delayed starting actual painting on the, on the project for several more years. When he finally began, began painting, he worked slowly and meticulously, often, often leaving the work for days or weeks at a time before returning to it. <clears throat> Similarly, he, he procrastinated on other projects and inventions, sketches and uh, sketches and designs for a flying machine he had and other inventions. He often spent years making sketches and notes, but then failed to follow through with building and testing prototypes. But we know how famous he is. Now, we don't often talk about the 16 years it took him to complete The Last Supper because it's been 525 years since it was released. Um, so that kind of pales in comparison in years, but still, he was a procrastinator. That's mistake number two that makes people half-ass their transformation. Mistake number three, mistake number three is the Michael Jordan mistake number two, which is staying in your comfort zone. So this, this refers directly to that same mistake number one from the four mistakes, and that is, it has to do with, well, let me just get into it. He, he did the first three-peat, the first three-in-a-row championship in the early 90s, and then he retired from basketball to pursue a career in baseball. And we're all wondering, what the heck are you doing, Michael? And Because he struggled in baseball and, and ended up going back to basketball about a year and a half later. But despite winning three more NBA championships with the Bulls from 96 to 98, another three-peat, which is amazing, he found it difficult to adjust to retirement from basketball for a second time. So he eventually returned to the NBA in 2001 to play for the Washington Wizards, where he struggled to find the same level of success. Just never really got there. But in a 2006 interview with ESPN, Michael Jordan acknowledged that he had stayed in his comfort zone by returning to basketball instead of exploring new challenges. He said, in hindsight, if I had to do it all over again, I probably would have stuck with baseball because it was a new challenge. He said, I was too old to be playing basketball at the level I wanted to play. So he could see that. And so maybe Michael, the Michael Jordan mistake number one wasn't such a mistake from his perspective anyway for the rest of the world we we see it as and, and probably justifiably so he wouldn't have won those three more championships had he stayed with baseball because he was probably never going to become the michael jordan of baseball that just wasn't 
that wasn't in the cards. You, you, you can't go from something you do best to something you don't do well and expect to become the Michael Jordan of it. He wanted to play ba- baseball, however, and so if he wanted to stick with that challenge, that's up to him. So from, from his perspective, this mistake number, this Michael Jordan mistake number two is staying in your comfort zone. Mistake number four that keeps people from, that makes people half-ass their transformation is the Adele mistake, which is self-doubt. She is immensely talented. Um, Adele has spoken openly about her struggles with anxiety and self-doubt throughout her career. In a 2015 interview with Rolling Stone, she discussed her fears about releasing her album 25 after three-year hiatus from music. She said, I'm scared people are going to forget me. She said, I'm scared of the, the expectations of not being, and not being able to fulfill them. That's why I didn't call the album 21 Part 2. <laughs> She's also struggled with other insecurities and self-doubt about her weight and, and appearance and other things. But she understands that she's not modeling wasn't what she ever wanted to do. Music is her, is her thing. That's her deal. So despite her struggles with self-doubt, she has won a lots of awards and accolades. Throughout, throughout this career she's had, she's won 15 Grammys, and she's even won an Oscar. She's won an Academy Award for the best original song from the movie Skyfall, that James Bond movie. So that's mistake number four, the Adele mistake and um, self-doubt. Mistake number five, the Robert Downey Jr. mistake, is self-sabotage. So he struggled with addiction and legal issues throughout the 90s and the early 2000s. He had already come to fame in the 80s and 90s with roles like movie, in movies like Less Than Zero and Chaplin and Natural Born Killers. But his addiction to drugs and alcohol led to several arrests and stints in rehab, and he struggled to find work in Hollywood for, for a number of years. But in 2003, he, he came back. He was cast in the lead role in a movie, um, The Singing Detective, um, when, when that was really a turning point in his career. And then he went on to star in several other movies like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Tropic Thunder, and of course Iron Man where he was Tony Stark. Despite all those setbacks, he's become one of the most successful actors in Hollywood. So self-sabotage is another mistake that makes people half-ass their transformation. But Robert Downey Jr. is a good example of pushing through that. So do you hate Monday? Are you half-assing your transformation? Are you even stepping onto the J-curve or are you afraid of that valley of despair and making these five mistakes? If you are, I'm going to tell you to head over to lovemondaylikefriday.com because I alluded to this earlier. Here's a plug for what you'll find. Here's my commercial. The Love Monday Podcast is brought to you by lovemondaylikefriday.com. Doing my own commercials. Anyway. Uh, at lovemondaylikefriday.com, what you've found in the past, if you've been out there, are some courses. You could buy things one course at a time. And I've changed all that. I've taken that out, and I've changed to a subscription model. So for 9 bucks a month, the same price as that low-level cost, low-cost low um, gym membership I talked about earlier that you were using during bikini season, you'll, get, you'll be a basic member on lovemondaylikefriday.com. But I assure you, you're far from basic. With the basic membership, you'll get unlimited access to all of my on-demand resources. Now, these are video lessons with exercises, um, questions that I'm going to have you journal about, um, other resources that you'll have, tools and worksheets and all sorts of things that you can use 
to Love Monday, just like Friday, but for a different reason. So again, these are video, these are on demand. This is for the Love Monday, just like Friday DIYer. Um, if you if you want to do this on your on your own time at your own pace at your own rate, nine bucks a month will give you unlimited access to all of those on demand resources. Full library for as long as you want, and you can cancel any time. You could do it all in a month if you're really really driven and dedicated. There's enough out there that you're going to have a hard time doing that, but you could. It's possible. Now, if you're the type of person that's going to the gym and prep for bikini season, you might want to go for the premium membership. Premium members get all of those same basic features I just talked about, plus, and this is a big plus, a monthly group coaching session with me, live. We do it via webinar, and that session will consist of a 10-minute topic that's going to get us warmed up. I'm going to train you about ways you can love Monday just like Friday, and then you get 50 minutes of Ask Me Anything and group coaching. So you can literally ask me anything and I can help you through some of the challenges you might be having in those on-demand online resources. Any questions you have about those, I can help you bust through that and give you some feedback. Because I've always said this, you can, you can Google stuff, you can chat GPT things, you can read a book, but the one thing that those things will never give you is feedback. So here's an opportunity, low-cost solution. It's 25 bucks a month, cancel anytime. But 25 bucks a month will get you all of those resources plus a monthly group session with me. Finally, you'll find out there on lovemondaylikefriday.com, you'll find my coaching programs. And these come in weekly for a year, um, bi-monthly, which is 26 times a year, or single coaching sessions that you can buy. Now, one-on-one -on -one coaching, like I said earlier, isn't cheap. I don't do it for free anymore. So it isn't cheap. It's going to be an investment in you. But I'm going to ask you, when are you going to stop half-assing your transformation? When are you going to transform into some from someone who hates Monday and gets the Sunday scaries to someone who loves Monday, just like Friday, but for a different reason? How long are you going to put off that transformation? Come on. Work with me here. You, 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 how long are you going to put that off? All right. Driven that home enough. So, so, hey, that's all I've got for you today. Subscribe to this podcast. Go check out lovemondaylikefriday.com. Get my book, A Passion for Monday. Follow me on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you are out there. I am there too. Also be watching for my next book, A Passion for Monday for Managers, a guide to helping teams love Monday just like Friday, but for a different reason. So if you're a manager and you want to help Teams Love Monday. I've got a book coming out. Coming out later this year. I'm going to start releasing probably on lovemondaylikefriday.com blog and also on LinkedIn. I'm going to start um, releasing snippets of that to get some feedback. But a new book, A Passion for Monday for Managers, is forthcoming. So subscribe to this podcast. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you soon.